the San Jose Sharks pull out an amazing victory tonight, 5-3 to three against the Buffalo Sabres with the kids chipping in and uh, getting some great growth across the board. All that and more coming up after this. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and teal together and interact with us, follow us on the social. You can follow us on all the social media channels. That would be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, chat, SoundCloud, Reddit, and of course, all the shenanigans happening in the Discord after every After Dark. To find everything else and some other great Sharks content, check out tealtownusa.com. And I am pleased to be joined by Mr. Ian Reed. How are you doing? Fantastic. I mean, how could you not be fantastic after that game? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, the the Sharks are really doing a good job in uh, weathering this storm, this uh, COVID-19 storm. And uh, as you can see, uh, there was some uh, wishful thinking there up on that title screen, but uh, we got it fixed now. Um, yeah. um see there we go you got it updated already um but yeah no i think the team is doing a really good job uh weathering the storm with the uh you know the roster still continuing to be thinned out quite a bit by um you know the positives uh still Mm -hmm. missing uh bob bugner and honestly haven't skipped a beat i mean just broad strokes quickly in on on what you saw tonight and, and what you're liking about this team so far I think what I like about this team so far is like, it's just the effort, like the effort and obviously goaltending helps here a lot, right? Like it's, it's easy to get an effort like this. And I think it's, it'd be harder if the goaltending wasn't there. Cause then you kind of, you're still down, right? Like, even though the efforts there, if, if the pucks are going in really easy, I think you're really angry. Um, this team, like overall, this whole season, and I said this last time we were on, like I've been mad at this team for two periods against Montreal. And even by the end of that game, they turned me back around. Yeah. Like I thought we, I was going to come on after that Montreal game and, and, and spit fire like a dragon. And I didn't. And, you know, two games they played. Now they played, you know, the last game in this game tonight against Buffalo, every excuse, like they had every reason to lose tonight. And every reason to lose last game. And it would have been really hard to be mad at either, you know, in either night to have them lose. But they didn't. No, it's been fun. Yeah. And and I think for me, what I'm seeing in is is just uh, a wave of depth coming in here. And not only that, but the guys that you're wanting to see step up in the absence of, of other players are stepping up. So when you get that mixture of guys who are who are bouncing back and guys who are contributing who you know for all intents and purposes we didn't really think much of mm-hmm. it, it's it's amazing the kind of results that you can get and i think like you had said before some steady goaltending uh tonight the uh, the goaltending numbers don't look good but i think we can both safely say that reimer made some incredible stops really gave them um you know a shot to win this and, and they provided him enough run support 
Um, but you know the we'll, we'll go through the goals here in a minute. But sure, to to, to me, it's it's timely goaltending, the timely save, and they're not uh, letting up that that softy. And, and for me, that's that's all you can ask of the goaltender. You know, if 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 he's going to make, you know, a few high danger chance saves. Um, and, and give up a couple, that's okay. Um, but mm-hmm. you just don't want any of the stinkers to squeak in. And, and quite frankly, I have not seen that this year. I think maybe one or two Aiden Hill goals, I think one of them came in the uh, in the Boston game, and then I think one came in the Montreal game I was not happy with. But other than that... Um, yeah, there was, a goal in the, there was a goal in the Montreal game that got an angry Paddington, and that was the first time I pulled that out this year. So, yeah. um, But overall, like, I mean, tonight... I, I don't is there is there a goal you want back from um from Reimer? I don't think so. I, I I didn't have an issue with either of the goals that went in. Uh yeah. or even the third one. Like the third one sucks. Like that those types of goals are so frustrating because oh, yeah. you're all dis like it goes off your back. You're completely discombobulated trying to figure out where you know where the puck's gonna go and it's just it's one of those things where as like, as you know, and I've never played goalie at any significant level. So I don't want to put, you know, I want to talk like I'm this goaltending guru, but, but as, as a person who has strapped on the pads a few times, like those, nothing pisses me off more than that. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely feel you, but let's, let's start from the top here and you know, the sharks, I think waste no time in, in setting up, uh, their their style of play and the forecheck was immediately on from the drop of the puck um, and and from Darlene's goal I mean he he scores it at 7:25 so within the first 10 minutes you know the Sharks really brought it and I was very amazed uh, to see just the amount of jump in the excitement because of course you know we had all of those rookies coming in in that first Winnipeg game and of course you're going to get the the rookie bounce in that first game but it's always that second mm-hmm. game that you kind of wonder okay what are the these, uh, you know, what are these guys going to bring? So it was, it's really good to see Jonathan Dolan stepping up in the play and staying in the dirty areas. I mean, this guy is, is taking a, a lot of abuse and the frame mm-hmm. is, is not all that large, but yet he's still elusive enough, you know, to, to make himself some space and, and just be at the right place at the right time. And he continually yeah, and puts and him you- position. And you hit it right on the head there, the right place at the right time, and that's where Jonathan Dolan always seems to be. No matter like him, him and Balsers both, I think, like have really done a good job of being in the right place at the right time. Obviously, Balsers hasn't had the fin- finishing that Dolan has had so far, um, but I think you could say that for both of those guys. And uh, I like the way that Dolan just kind of came in, and and I think the thing that really impresses me a lot about a lot of these young guys is the poise they have. Because a lot of players, you know, on that goal would just kind of just flail their stick and hope to get a good bounce. But he just he comes in, casually picks it up and puts it in the net. He keeps you notice that the stick stays on the ice. There's never any kind of like wavering, um, you know, where, you know, sometimes we'll see some rookie players. Well, they'll 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 kind of hover off the ice instead of keeping it on the ice. I think we've seen that from John Leonard a few different times. Um, But uh, Jonathan Dolan, I mean, he's playing. He's playing like a like a third year pro, and I think that extra time that he spent over in the SHL I think really helped his development, and mm-hmm. I think that that's why he's hitting the uh, hitting the ground running, and and it's good to see because I think Logan needed a line mate that was, um, 
maybe a little bit more of the wiry variety um, mm-hmm. and, a, and a guy that isn't um, afraid to get dirty. I mean, Logan is known for his gritty goals as well, but of course he's not. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he's, a, I mean, it's, 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 it's an interesting line, right? Cause even when, when Timo's on that line, it's a lot of guys that like to shoot because I still think Couture, Couture is not a pass first center. He's a shoot first center. So there's a lot of guys that can, that can pull the trigger, you know, that like to pull the trigger on that line, which is, I think what makes them so dangerous because you don't know where the shot's going to come from Yeah. because all those guys can shoot the puck. And so, uh, the, the, uh, the assist on that Dahlin goal was, of course, from uh, Eklund, who continues to really prove that he belongs up here. I think um, tonight was uh, yeah, Eklund. I mean, I know a lot of people like say like Eklund isn't very large, and I get that he's he's not big, but the way that he plays, the way he he skates so well, and he sees the play so well, and he avoids contact so well. I mean, that's the thing with. Like, I would understand what, like, where some people are like, eh, I don't know, he's kind of small. Maybe we should send him, you know, down. But it's, he's never, like, when has Dolan been hit? Yeah. And and I think the other thing that I continually see, um, Ian, is that he ha- he takes that extra second to make a play. And especially oh, when he's on the, yeah. when he's on the blue line and, um, and, and he kind of makes a, a, a dance around a, an opposing forward, um, you know, this is a guy with a lot of poise and a lot of vision, and you can't teach that. And and I no. and I think that for me at least, those two attributes alone deserve to be, you know, they're, they're elite level caliber. And I think that that could, you know, on its own keep him up here. But to also I, be, I think he should stay. Like I think, I, I I like I know people get worried about like the slide and everything else, but honestly. The way, like, the best thing for him right now is to play against the best possible competition that he is capable of playing against. And right now, that's competition in the NHL. Yeah. And any anywhere you put him that's not in the NHL is going to put him against inferior competition. Now, maybe, yeah, maybe he'll get a few more goals and, you know, like, maybe he would start lighting it up in the AHL or, or back in, in Sweden, but... I still think, you know, playing here, I think the goals are going to come. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, and another guy that's really good positionally, um, you know, I think the only knock that, that I have on him right now is is uh, some puck protection, especially down low and on the boards. But, you know, that's going to come with the, the conditioning and that's going to come with. Um, but even then, like, again, like he's so good at like, avoiding contact and and yeah like even down low like i think i I think down low like you see him play again he's it's not like he's getting murdered below the goal line he's still moving the puck well he's still you know he's still avoiding contact he sees the ice he sees the ice at such a ridiculous level right right and and i think for me at least what i'm i guess what i'm going after is when he goes into the boards, um, and and he especially when he's got you know maybe one or two guys on him, it's it's kind of right now a 50-50 shot whether he's going to come out with the puck or or it's going to get you know hung up there. And mm-hmm. I, I think if you look at a guy like Hurdle, right, it's more of like a like a seventy five percent chance that he's going to keep that that puck, and only because of the big bigger frame. And and mm-hmm. I think you know for me at least that that is really the only hole that I see in his game and and like you had said it's not even that big of a hole you know no. what I mean 
And and no. so uh, yeah. at his age, like it's 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 ridiculous how good he is, considering yeah. how young he is. And he's only going to get better. And that's the that's the you know, I think that's the scary thing for other teams is he's only going to get better. Yeah. I mean, um, this is nowhere near the ceiling for this player. Yeah. You know, uh, Bucci, um, John Buchagrass on the on the ESPN feed tonight was saying, oh, he kind of reminds him of um, of, uh, you know, Johnny Gaudreau. And, and for me, I, I think both of us have talked about the, he harkens back to, to an old Red Wing. And I, I said Dotsu. We disagree on the Red Wing, but yeah. And and you said Henrik Zetterberg, but I, I think that, you know, either if you're if you're in the same breadth as either of those players, you've ended up with a good one. So um, yeah. I, I, I want to keep him up and, and I want to continue him to, to grow and develop amongst, um, you know, amongst the best players in the world. And I think, you know, it's it just goes to show you the high elite skill that this player has. So um, it's good to see um, another highly touted first round pick uh, making his second, uh, you know, his second appearance tonight is Ryan Merkley. And boy, howdy, you talk about a guy who is really blossoming, blossoming right in front of our eyes and taking advantage uh, of the position that he's been put in. Ian, I, you know, after that goal, and we'll, we'll quickly touch on the Jeff Sinner, Skinner goal that made mm-hmm. it uh, uh, one-to-one. Uh, Skinner second on the goal from Hinestrosa and uh, Hag uh, coming at 848. So it was the next shift over, um, and it was on a six-on-five. And, yeah. you know, we, we had talked about it. I, I don't think that there's really much that Reimer could do there. Um, the, the team no. just got uh, tired out. The, the team, yeah, the team got tired. Uh, extended possession for, for Buffalo in the zone, obviously six on five. Um, I think the only thing that I didn't like was just how uncontested the point, like the center of the ice between the face-off dots was. Yeah. It seemed like Buffalo kind of owned that entire zone in front of Reimer. And I, I think if I had any gripe, that would probably be it. But again, tired guys on the ice. And I think, you know, again, probably... Uh, a situation where, you know, guys kind of, you have a lot of guys who aren't used to playing with each other. So, you know, probably assignments are getting missed a little bit there and you're going to see stuff like that. Um, so I think, yeah, other than that though, I like, I didn't really, I didn't hate the goal. I didn't like the, the, the fact that Buffalo kind of controlled the ice between the face-off circles, but. Um, and I think, I think that was that, a, that was a long shift by Burns and Ferraro, which we'll touch on. Cause I, I, I I think we we've really got to address that going forward, but that brings mm-hmm. us to the to the um to the third goal or uh, that was scored in that first period. And Ryan Merkley, his first uh, as a San Jose Shark, you know, first for his career. Uh, Barbanov and Hurdle, who were doing yeoman's work down, um, you know, down low, and then kicked mm-hmm. that puck high, and a beautiful just pull dangle in front of a in front of a Buffalo Saber, and and to me that's when you know he's feeling it it's he's he's using his stick and and he's starting to make those inside out plays and that's what you have ryan merkley for so here's the thing right so with ryan merkley like if i think like i've this is a player that i've always been pretty high on but i understand like and he's kind of he's he's a pretty polarizing player um even even among sharks fans i think if you want to see though like a, a window into what's great about this game and why a lot of people really like this player and a lot of really are hyped in the and why they say like this guy has all the skill in the world he just needs to put it together this is the game you show them yeah 
this is this is the game you show them to see you know what's so great about this player um you know again another player with good vision when he's patient uh he you know he can do a lot of a lot of nifty things on the blue line there and again poise right uh poise is going to be like the magic word of the day i think and um you know what uh we've got some some great quotes coming in here thank you aj for for Mm -hmm. being over on the zoom uh call and he's pulling this straight for us um first off you know just speaking about ryan merkley this is from logan couture ryan merkley has shown up from day one i thought he had a really good camp he practiced hard he's learning to be a pro and i think magna has been a big help for him and then he goes on to say to have this many good quality depth guys that can step in is a, in is a testament to the scouting and this organization and i think more so it's how quickly the organization has been able to rebound and rebuild um you know we had a what the last two years have been kind of lean um but however you know they they have seemingly executed on their high picks in the last two drafts and you know of course going over with the dw jr um you know moving the the uh the organization along from from tim burke you know kind of pushing him upstairs and then over to uh to doug wilson jr doing the scouting and drafting and being the head you know the um the head uh pro or amateur scout head of amateur scouting um Mm. To me, you can see a marked difference in the types of guys that they're bringing in now. Um, you know, definitely high upside guys, and and I don't think we've seen a defensive prospect like this from the Sharks since Arov. Oh man, it goes back. Carl, uh, you know Matt, Matt Carl, maybe Matt Carl, maybe. I mean, Demers. It's been a nightmare. But he's better than Demers, though. Yes. Yes. So, so I mean, this is this, the the kind of the kind of quality player that they got here. Here's the thing, right? Like, and, and and just to finish on that thought on Merkley, like the the only thing that you have to watch for is like there's there's the only thing that that I think he has to watch for in his game is is when he tries to do too much. And I didn't think he did that. Like when he's doing like just the perfect amount of stuff. And I think it's easier now that he's obviously in the NHL and even in the AHL because like. A lot of times in junior, he had tried to do too much because he was literally the most talented guy on the ice in some games. Like he was just the best player on the ice skill wise. And it showed. Now, not so much. I mean, he's that's not to say he's not super talented, but it's the NHL. Everyone's super talented. Right. And I feel like as long as you can keep him from trying to do too much and, you know, and keep him going, because that's the other thing, too. Obviously, the other the other criticism of Merkley has always been, yes, he'll have a great game and then he takes two off. Right. So far we haven't seen that in the call up. I think he's been really good both games. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and and I think that that's the kind of the worry with all of the, um, you know, with all of the call ups and kind of why I was very interested to see what the team was going to bring out tonight, um, because you know it is the second game of of the extended co- uh, you know call ups. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's good to see them continue to to push the right buttons. Um, you know, John Madden, I think, is another another um, guy that we need to kind of circle. And, and the head coach, you know, being thrusted in there and and doing like I like I had said, done a great job in, instead of uh, uh, Bob Bugner. So, you know, I I'm continuing to see good progression from the from the young players, um, and I think that there are some. 
you know, some diamonds in the rough here. And, and this is a good little extended look at what it's going to be like going forward for the Sharks and, and what the style of play will look like and, and the types of players that they're going to be implementing into their system. Yep. Um, yeah, definitely. So going into that second period, I mean, um, to me, Ian, this is this is about when the the um, right, that latter half of the first and that that opening stanza of the second is when the Tomas Hurdle line and, and Tomas Hurdle himself took over the game. I think um, that goal that 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 goal from Tomas Hurdle six thirteen in and Rudolph Balser's getting the uh, primary assist there. Uh, just great individual effort by Hurdle using that great wingspan and being able to place that puck right behind the goaltender. I mean, if, if there was any doubt that, you know, he's, he's a, he's a number one type center. I mean, that kind of just goes to show you what he can do with, with some creative line mates. And, and I think we're starting to finally see a fully healthy kind of rejuvenated Tomas Hurdle and boy, howdy. I, I tell you what, he looks like he's having fun again. The last couple. I mean, of they years, all look like they're having fun. I mean, yeah, that's that's that helps, right? Having fun helps. I mean, it's yeah, it's you know, it's the, it's your job, but it's also a game. It should be fun, right? Um, and I I think yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know. I like. I I really it kind of irks me like they like when they when they brought up like the hurdle like when was his last knee injury? Uh, it's been forever. Three years, I think. Three three seasons, I think. Like, I just feel like it's been so long. And maybe that's just because, you know, the COVID year was 27 months. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that has something to do with it. But I I feel like it's been so long. Right. And I just like, yes, he's had injuries in the past. But I, I feel like the, the this talking point, like, oh, maybe this is why the Sharks haven't re-upped him yet. No, they haven't re-upped him yet because they have 800 million people under the cap for the next 100 years. Right, right. And I, and I right. And, and I think, you know, I think, like I had said, kind of opening up the season, it's going to be a feeling out process from both the um, from both the front office and from Hurdle's organization. Right. It's just saying, OK, what kind of commitment can the Sharks make to me? What kind of commitment can I make to the Sharks? What do the Sharks think that they're going to provide around me? And is this an atmosphere in which I want to continue playing the rest of my career? And right, right now, this this the, the way that the Sharks have opened up their season this is a this bodes well for a re-signing. If they can continue this type of mojo and they can continue to really utilize the depth that they've got and and continue to have the young players inject fun and exciting gameplay, I don't think that there's any reason why Hurdle wouldn't sign. Um, I mean, he wants to win, right? I mean, exactly. This is you know, the the one and the one thing here, and I don't want to like, I don't want to like be a downer here, right? But like tonight, the Sharks got goals, but goals have been really hard for this team this season, even when the lineup's at full strength. Right. And I think, you know, so it's like I, I'm i really happy with what they've done. And like I said, like I don't I've been angry for two periods of Sharks hockey this season. That's a significant change from last year. But you know, if winning is important, like is, you know, when I still look at this team and I start looking at other teams around it, it's, you know, like, I don't want to bring the broom down a little bit, but like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the sharks are a Stanley cup contender right now. No, no. I, I, I think 
that the that the team is still in the incubation phase. Um, that's kind of where I've I've kind of put the team, at least from my perspective, kind of where they're at. And I and I you know would like to see them just be more consistent from a game to game. You know that if you're really thinking that this team is going to try and make a run against you know against some of these teams in the Pacific for a playoff spot, you can't have those three game losing streaks like that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and so to me, it's going to be the next patch of adversity that this team faces, and they're in it right now. They're in the midst of it. If they can. If they can weather this storm, and let's say that you know COVID protocol, I think is what fourteen days, you know, some ten. ten days. So let's say they they get back some reinforcements. You know, if they can if they can pull around five hundred or better than you know one or two games better than five hundred, you know, in the next ten days, that's going to be a big feather in the cap. And and I think oh for sure. I, and again, I'm not like I'm not trying to take away anything from this team. I just don't want to get super ahead of myself because they won two games. Like it's an 82 game season. Oh no! But I, that combined with the way in which they open the season, I'm seeing a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of good signs. Um, uh, oh sure. And and I mean in that second period, we did see Drake Kajula uh, with a goal. Uh, again, it was one of those kind of garbage goals. Not much that you're gonna you know, you're going to have Reimer can, can do, you know, outside of, um, actually no, that Drake Kajula goal, excuse me, was the snipe shot. Um, I don't know what I was talking about. And, and that I don't one get was, at that either. Yeah. That was just a well-placed shot. Um, I, that like, I, I tweeted something like really silly. I'm like, I'm surprised it didn't go through the net, the boards, the empty seats in the lower bowl. Like that just, that was a rocket. Yeah, it was, it was and, and again, there's not really much you could do there and it might've even been, a, a little bit of a tip from um, I think it was either Burns or yeah I think it was Burns who had extended his stick out so you know for Reimer not really much that you could ask for so you know the the team looked a little started to look a little weary at the last latter half of that second period um, mm-hmm. and I think it's a good dovetail to go into I mean tonight Mario Ferraro and Brent Burns I mean Mario Ferraro is twenty eight forty eight on on his ice time. And Brent Burns was twenty six fifty nine on his ice time, so definitely reduced from the previous game. But still... yeah, but that's not sustainable. Like they need they need help. Like they need guys that they can trust back on the blue line. And I think the guys that have pitched in, like don't get me wrong, the the guys that have come in have done admirable. Especially considering Hataka was, you know, uh, looked like he got bumped in the second period and then didn't return. So that um, obviously increased the ice time a little bit. But um, you know, I still stand by the 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 fact that to me the Middleton Carlson pair has been the best pair of defensemen on this team, and uh, they would they need those guys back for sure. Yeah, I mean, however, you look at a guy like Jacob Magna tonight, twenty three minutes and fifty eight seconds. He's a plus three on the night, two hits, and mm-hmm. you know played some PK time. I- yeah, I mean, guys did like again. You know, the guys that are pitching in did admirable, but um. I mean, Jacob Middleton, I think, has done really well with Carlson, but is that like we don't want to get into a situation where it's like, remember how forever it was like, oh, God, we have to have the Burns whisper, the Burns whisper. Like, I just I I don't want to go there with like Jacob Middleton and and make him be like, oh, well, you know, because Jacob Middleton is there. Carlson sucks all of a sudden again. Right. Like, I'm not going to do that. But I mean, obviously, having a guy like Carlson back on the blue line who can also munch minutes and 
push play, you know, offensively, like you, you need that guy back at some point. And that's nothing to take away from what the guys have come in and did. But I mean, I, at this I point guess. for me, I, I would say put Megna in, in, in for Middleton and have Middleton and Carlson be a pair and then have Vlasic and Merkley be a pair. And I mean, then you've got an offensive dynamo on Vlasic's oh, another guy. I wish they could just launch into the sun at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's done better. And I don't have season. an issue like like Vlasic, at least like is just it's just because it's play like I have no issues with Mark Edward Vlasic, the person. Let's be clear on this. Um, but um, but yeah, like I, I it sucks, right? Because like a guy like I will see what's wrong with Hatika, but like and a guy like Hatika like can do what they're asking Vlasic to basically do now is be a third line defensive guy. And like I've been so much so impressed with Hatika's play. So have I. And I wonder I wonder what would happen if you put like a guy like Hatika back there with maybe Ryan Merkley. Yeah. Uh Skyler Green. Right? Yeah, exactly. Just quickly with the uh with the super fun. Appreciate the the uh the two dollar donation there, Skyler. He said actually Mario's Ferraro's time on ice is twenty nine eighteen career high. Um, I think it got a little amended. I'm just taking a look right now from the NHL uh, Game Center uh, stats page. And here it says 2840. <laughs> Sorry. Ricky in the chat is a confirmed cat person. He hates Vlasic. No, I'm a dog guy. I'm totally a dog guy. I agree. I don't hate Vlasic. I just I, I think that unfortunately his game has dropped off at a rate that i didn't foresee when he got signed like honestly when all the defensemen got signed to contracts i was like oh well, Vlasic's gonna be that's that gonna deal's be okay. gonna age the best yeah. man because like Vlasic's game isn't like high impact he everything he does is with his stick like yeah oops yeah yeah exactly and and i i'm totally with you hataka is having a great impact back there he's been, yeah he's been really really good uh unfortunately like we'll like i said we'll see uh what the result is uh after tonight if it's uh hopefully it's nothing serious because i i thought in the brief time that they've given him again like you know brief time they've given all these guys a lot of these guys have really stepped up it's been super impressive yeah, and uh, you know, getting some more uh, some more quotes in from uh, from AJ. Keep them up, AJ. Thank you so much. Uh, when you keep the game simple, they've they've done a great job of staying above the puck. The forwards are getting back to checking hard. Guys are relishing the opportunity. Definitely seeing that injection of youth. That is for sure. Um, this is uh, continuing on there. Uh, you're impressed by Ferraro's work ethic. He's in tremendous shape. Madden has full confidence in using him in all situations. His energy is contagious. Uh, then a little bit more, they're all comfortable with one another and they're pushing one another. They're enjoying the time playing the game and being together. Um, and they, these guys are committed to this system, uh, and they know how we want to play. It's been fun and they're competing hard and that's always a positive. Um, <laughs> uh, Skyler again, thank you so much. Uh, another $2 super chat. Uh, Ian only likes greyhounds. <laughs> sure. I'm a lap guy. Um, uh, getting back to getting some more quotes here. Um, I don't know Hataka's status. He got hit and never came back. I'm waiting for an update. That's from McLean. Um, and then one more. Even if you're not a goalie, Reimer has been so impressive. He calms everything. We made a mistake, but we have that confidence in Reimer, especially when you have that young D group. Um, yeah, and I said that like last show too. Like the one thing I really like about Reimer is just how 
steady and calm he is in the net. Like he doesn't waste movement. And I think a lot of goalies can sometimes overreact to shots and Reimer doesn't. And and sometimes that gets, you know, sometimes that'll bite him, you know, on that awesome shot that, that beat him for the second goal. But, um, the one thing I really like about Reimer is he's just, he's just solid positionally and, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't really overreact to any shots. He's just kind of very steady, Ste- very steady, very, very calm, and and uh, very good lateral movement. And just a scramble, right? I I think that that to me has been the biggest difference this season um, to previous seasons is that both of the goaltenders can can now move across the crease and and move quite quickly. I mean, we had mm-hmm. seen for so long Martin Jones just you know snail's pace and and we were like oh man you know if they can if they can just push the puck you know back and forth side to side they can get him off you know off his line and and they can victimize him because he's just not great with his lateral movement but you've seen with both Reimer and with Aiden Hill the the movement is is night and day so very very happy to see that um you know coming from the goaltending side from from my Mm -hmm. perspective um yeah, and I think I think look at the way I would handle the goaltending going forward is win and you're in. As long as Reimer keeps winning, keep him in. And then if he loses, even if it's not his fault they lose, then you know, then give Hill another go and then just keep bouncing him back and forth. Because I don't think there's there's any there's a lot of things like, oh well, Reimer's gotta be the starter now. I don't think I don't think I think the worst thing the Sharks could do is declare a starter. I think they should just play they should just ride the hot hand Agreed. and see where it takes them. Agreed. Um you know, I just one thing I'm thinking of here. Um, because somebody, let's see, it was a really good Ricky, uh, Barton Slagger commenting, Mm -hmm. would you guys buy out Vlasic to keep hurdle? And I think if, if I'm gonna, if I'm looking and reading, if it's like, if that's the choice, like, would I do that if that meant keeping hurdle? Yeah, absolutely. But there is another player who I would buy out far sooner. Yeah. And I think we're, that's where we're kind of both going towards is number nine. Um, that's, that's, that's the contract that you, you say, okay, you know what, if you can get that off the books somehow, some way, I mean, you can't, you don't want to like, the thing is too, is you gotta remember like with the bio, you, you have dead, you already have dead Jones cap already. Do you, I, I, I know that Vlasic contract has not aged well at all, but that contract is going to be that, that there would be a lot of pain in that buyout because I know there's a lot of signing bonus in there. If I recall correctly, I don't have cap friendly in front of me, but I recall that buyout being pretty significant. Yeah, I, I, I I'm just pulling it up right now. Um, but yeah, no, I, you're, you're, you're exactly right. And, and so, you know, I think that you can only really make one of those because I, I don't think you were going to be wanting to, to have more than, you know, say four or five million dollars in dead cap space. And yeah. and so I don't think that there's an appetite for two more buyouts. But it, there to me, there is no pathway back for Evander Kane at this point with the with the way in which the team has been playing and and just the good mojo and chemistry that they're that they're building around i i I don't think you you place him 10 you know within you know within a mile of of sap center at this point um but i i i i don't know and it's going to take some some cap heroics that's for sure um so let's quickly go into that third period then so after we had um kind of finished up the second we talked a little bit about the usage the ice time usage from the defenseman and and it Mm -hmm. being very high 
Um, going into that third period, though, Mario Ferraro, I mean, just when we thought, okay, you know what? He's looking kind of tired. He got, you know, they got victimized when he was out there a little bit too long. Steps up and wires a shot and just puts it into another gear. And I think that that's what's most impressive to me, Ian, is that the kid seemingly abundant energy. They're, yeah. They're, I, I don't know how you can go from looking like you're dogging it and slogging it in the end of that second period to wiring that type of shot. That's just not uh, not that it's not normal, but it's just that's a mark of a of a very good player to to look at. Hey, you know what? I stunk up the place in that second period, but he comes out and he makes up for it. And that, you know, and and to talk on that, like also like that third period was a track meet. Like, so, I mean, to, to, to finish as strongly as he did in that period, despite the amount of time that he played, because that third period was a track beat, man. It was back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Like, there was just, like, they went, like, six minutes without a whistle, and the play was all over, like, back and forth. It wasn't like there was, like, sustained pressure by either team. It was just skating up and down the ice. Like, it's unreal. I mean, you know, again, the shape that these guys are in, right? Yeah. No, just just crazy, and and uh, Merkley getting uh, an assist there. So Merkley, you know, already chipping in a two point night. Weatherby with the other assist there, um, and and you know, like I said, it just a great drop back, just really wired it, and and showing that he's, yeah. he's future captain material. I I just I don't I don't see how you can you can give it to any other player. Um, he's he's just everything that you want in a in a steady defenseman. And and a and a guy that you can really build defensively around for a long time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's 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 going to be a pillar of this franchise for for years to come. Yeah. Uh, Tomas Hurdle then chipping in another goal, <laughs> and, and 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 very similar to the to the first goal, right? Very very much an individual kind of effort. Um, Balsers and Ferraro with the assists. So Mario having that pass by Balsers. Like yeah. we can talk a lot about Balsers not um, cashing in yet. And I still think that this is a dam just waiting to be broken. I feel like one's going to go in and then they're all going to start going in. That, that hurdle Barbanov um, Balsers line tonight was, was dominant. I think from that, from the so end, both lines, the top two lines were unreal tonight, like just unreal from, from both the top two lines. Uh, the hurdle line was obviously really good, but the couture line was great too. Yeah. No, just incredible, incredible amount of effort coming from those kids to help out the, the veterans who seemingly, you know, have kind of been rejuvenated. I think a little bit, you know, they got some fresh young legs on their lines and, you mm-hmm. know, they don't have to feel like they have to be the catalyst, you know, they, they can get hurdle or couture the puck in the right place or they can ha- you know, count on a Dolan or a Balsers, you know, cle- cleaning up the garbage or in hell, even Barbanoff's, um, Ability to forecheck, yeah. Barabanov's ability to forecheck has, has, to me, I think, been been a a revelation for Hurdle, and and Hurdle doesn't have to, you know, use. I mean, he he of course uses his physicality, of course, but Barbanov can can kind of chip in and and help, you know, shoulder some of that physical load on that line, and I think it's really helping out and really opening up some space for Hurdle. And I think it's amazing how like how a cha- what a change of scenery can do for a player. 
right? Like, here's a guy who was was languishing in the Toronto's AHL team and then comes here and he's like a top six player. Now, and and you can say, well, that's a, you know, that's that speaks to the weakness of our top six and you may have something there. But but still, I mean, you got to take advantage of the opportunities you're given. And I, I thought, you know, I really liked his play at the end of last season. I was surprised when he wasn't one of the guys that made it like the team, uh, you know, or as a regular out of camp this year. I was kind of surprised by that. But again, here's, you know, again, he gets the opportunity and so far he's ran with it. And I think that even when everyone comes back, I think the Sharks have some tough decisions to make on which forwards are going to play and which ones aren't. Because yeah. I think he's made a, a hell of a case to stay in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're asking me, do I want him or Kevin LeBanc in the in the lineup right now? I, I think right now, Barabanov is doing more to drive the play five on five than, than Kevin LeBanc is at this point. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin LeBanc's interesting, eh? Because, like, I, I don't want to dump on Kevin LeBanc here, but I thought it was really interesting that, like, everybody's out and Kevin LeBanc's still on the third line. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I mean, so I can, I don't want to turn this into like a, a Kevin LeBanc bash. Uh, a good question in the chat from um, Matt M. Uh, what, have, what are our thoughts on the uh, rumors about the Flames and Golden Knights being the final uh, final two teams in the Eichel sweepstakes? Um, you know, that's... Both in our division, of course, because why wouldn't it be? Right, and and I think with Vegas, it's that elusive number one center that they have, you know, so highly yeah. coveted. And and they have, you know, really shoehorned William Carlson into, into that position, but I think... Well, Chandler Stevenson's been the guy they've really put on that line with uh, Stone and and Pacioretty and I think I and I think Chandler Stevenson's a good player but like what other <laughs> team is he at number one center right and and, and I mean Eichel over Stevenson I mean in, any day and and you know twice on Sunday you'll take that and and so you know I think the hubbub is right now that both um uh, True Living and um, McPhee are a little trigger shy to pull on the uh, on the offer because I think um, you know Buffalo is still trying to uh, exact as much as they can out of out of either trade partner. Um, mm -hmm. But from everything it sounds like, it, it whoever's going to blink first between McPhee or Tree Living is going to be the you know is going to going to be the sweepstakes winner. And I'm gonna, I'm curious to see what's going to go the other way. Like obviously it's not going to help either team right now. And it's interesting because, like, the Flames, I was so down on the Flames entering the season. Like, I thought they were going to be fighting with the Ducks for the bottom because I thought, like, if Daryl Sutter didn't get anything out of last year, what is he going to get out of this year? Now, I've been wrong so far. And, I, you know, if they keep playing the way they are, because I think that's the thing. Like, I always thought that the Flames had the pieces. It just seemed like the pieces wouldn't work together, like, just refused to work together. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, Sean Monahan um, has been, let's just say I think he needs a change of scenery, and I don't think he's what exactly Calgary expected they were going to get out of him. Maybe the, mm. maybe the, um, uh, the expectations were a little skewed because they thought he was going to be that, that big time center um, mm -hmm. and, and be the guy that's going to drive the play. But in actuality, he's more of a, he's more of a sniper and more of a guy that needs a, um, you know, a, a puck possessing winger. Um, yeah. 
And, and so, you know, that had always kind of been the, the knock, you know, with Calgary is that, okay, it's the same thing with Vegas. Who's their number one center? Mm-hmm. And, and Vegas is like, I think Vegas, they're so injured right now. Yeah. Like they're missing so many top guys. And like, obviously, you know, it's, 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 you don't want to make excuses for them. I mean, you know, again, that we've watched what the Sharks have done with, a, a handful of guys missing. And I think, you know, but the pieces that Vegas are missing are, are pretty significant. Um, and I don't think like this isn't, I don't think the Vegas team that we're seeing now is going to be the one we see at the end of the season. So I, I just like that team getting healthy and then getting Eichel because by the sounds of it, both teams are are fine with Eichel getting his desired surgery, which according to ESPN tonight, they said that, you know, they would go two months quicker. Like he'd, He's going to miss the Olympics, which I think is unfortunate for um, Eichel and for Team USA for that matter. But, you know, Eichel coming in uh, with that team getting healthy and then adding Eichel for that playoff push, that team is going to be silly, scary. Like, it's it's going to be silly good, I think. And I I, I totally agree. I think you could say the same for Calgary, right? Like, I think if Calgary keeps rolling the way that they are, um, and again, look at long season, right? Uh, I'm not saying that Calgary is going to be, you know, is going to run the Pacific all all season. They might. And if they do continue playing the way they are and then you add Eichel, you know, again, towards the playoff push. And if as long as all those pieces can gel together and that's the weird thing in Calgary, it's like, you know, the pieces are all finely gelled together. Do you upset the yeah. apple cart in that Eichel? I don't know. Like what impact that will have. But again, for either team, by the time Michael's coming back in uh, to play some hockey, I mean, that's a hell of a reinforcement to get for a playoff push. Oh, not only that, but it's a, it's a foundational piece that will continue, you know, to haunt the sharks wherever he ends up. Um, And thank you quickly, Jerry F. Uh, Of course, it's not a super, super chat donation, so we can't immediately pull it up, but it's a, it's a Venmo donation, which we like a little bit better because they don't uh, have all the fees that the, that the Google takes. True. No one, no <laughs> one. Yeah. He, YouTube takes a cut. Um, yeah. And I, I also, I want to shout out to the chat tonight because the chat's been just crazy good. And I've been trying to keep up as well as like um, do the show. And I, I wanted to go back a little bit because there were, when we were talking about who comes out of the lineup. Um, so Barabanov can stay in and, and some people, I see a couple names. I think Pedersen maybe might be the guy. I think Pedersen's probably the guy who's impressed me maybe the least. I don't think you touch Weatherby. I think Weatherby's been fantastic um, for what he's been asked to do. Um, I think Weatherby's done great. Yeah, no, I think Weatherby has been a nice um, addition to that fourth line. I think, you know, so far he's... I think exceeded expectations, but my expectations were pretty low because he's replacing, you know, a, a Dylan Gambrell type, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, to me, it's just a bigger body. It's a, it's a guy who's more willing to be a little bit more physical down low, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a guy that doesn't look out of place defensively. And and I, yeah. and and to me, that's that's all you can really ask for. Uh, out of your fourth line center, um, you know, just try not to be so negative in the in the um, puck possession. But you have that's what you have your top two lines for. And, oh, exactly. Um, I think he's done. And uh, look, I mean, the the work that I mean, the work there. I think was it the Ferraro goal? That yeah, was his line that, that his did line. the work, right? Exactly. Like he he did the work behind the net, which you know, um, and was able to to hold the zone get it to Nick Merkley. Nick Merkley gives it to Ferraro goal. Like, I mean, it's just, 
I, I, I was really skeptical of what Weatherby would bring coming into camp because, you know, look at college uh, player, college player and didn't really like scoring wise. Like he wasn't like uh, he was certainly not a prolific scorer, right? Like he, I don't remember his, his exact stat line, but it's very underwhelming. So you're like, well, that's the, if that's the, you know, if that's the college game, then how's this going to translate to the NHL? But man, he's been, he's been great. Yeah, um, and quickly, 8-Bit Nobody Gaming, you know, bringing up the physical play, and, and we had touched mm-hmm. on that, and, and yep. yeah, we just totally night and day from a, from a Dylan Gambrell. Um, and uh, quickly, I mean, we, we've been hovering around the 90, 100 mark uh, viewers tonight, so really appreciate everybody uh, checking out the show. Um, if you're new here, um, please uh, consider giving us a like, a subscribe, uh, and then, of course, that notification bell will alert you to whenever we go live. Normally, it's after breaking news and, of course, after every uh, Sharks game. Uh, we do a post and yeah and then pucknologists on sunday night and teal town glasses every or teal tinted glasses every once in a while uh in the summer in the reef too so we've got a (laughs) lot of great different stuff and um you know again we do this for the fans we do this because um you know we had felt that there had been such a lack of coverage on the sharks and uh, it's just good to see that the that the brand is is definitely growing and i think we actually equip we eclipsed 2500 subscribers tonight yeah, I mean it's it's been it's been awesome, and especially now, like I mean, when we started this, there wasn't very much. I mean, now there's so many choice. You have so many choices. There's so many other podcasts. Um, so the fact that you guys stick with us is uh, has been super awesome. We definitely appreciate it. <laughs> Twenty one pucks. I'm new here and won't be doing either. Well, that's your that's Fair your enough. choice. <laughs> two two talking heads. Maybe maybe not not liking that, but. Uh, you know, quickly to end up that game, Jeff Skinner with his third goal. And we had talked a little bit about this. It was just a crazy arc. Frustrating goal in the world. Crazy like it's just arc shot. The worst thing. Like it's the, the worst. There's nothing more annoying than having a puck go off your back shoulder and into the net. Yep. Yep. And, and again, it's, it's one of those fluky type, fluky type goals. And there's, there's nothing you could do about that. I mean, there's, there's yeah. really, there's nothing you can do about that. Just a great seeing eye. Uh, shot by by Jeff Skinner and and really like I said it was it was probably more down to luck than anything else because of that arc that he put on that shot so uh, tonight the uh, the stat line for James Reimer like I said it doesn't read pretty but I think we both were pretty happy with the goaltending uh, he saved uh, 25 of 28 shots faced uh, that's good for an 893 save percentage um, but again I think that that doesn't tell the whole story. Um, and then quickly running over the team stats, shots on goal, 28-27 in favor of the Sabres. Face-offs, oh boy, we'll talk a little bit about that too. 64% in favor of the Sharks and just annihilating Buffalo on the... Uh, Especially in the defensive zone. Uh, I thought the Sharks did a really, really good job of winning the defensive zone face-offs. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just was night and day tonight and, and they did... Every line, every line did a great job tonight. Uh, power play, uh, they were both 0 for, 0 for 2 for the Sabres and 0 for 1 for the Sharks. Um, hits 19 to 20, uh, 19 for the Sabres and 24 in favor of the Sharks. Uh, blocks were 12 to 11 in favor of the Sabres. Giveaways still, you know, they're still a little high, but they're now sub, you know, single digits. So that's good. Um, but again, like, I'm not surprised. I mean, the third period, like they were just like both teams were just turning over the puck like crazy. Yeah, and, and so it was seven to five, but I think that that doesn't even 
excuse me, that doesn't really even tell the, the full story. I think um, right. there are a lot of neutral zone uh, hope plays that I saw from both teams. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just really, uh, really unfortunate because I think had the Sharks, um, you know, possessed the puck a little bit cleaner, I think it could have been even more of a dominating type win. Um, and, and I think it just goes to show you that there is definitely some room for improvement um, for the team. Um, but I'm also seeing a lot of good signs of life. And, and we kind of wrap the wrap the bow of, of the game. And now the Sharks are six and three. What, what am I looking at here? Yeah. What am I looking at here? <laughs> I have I, 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 I like you have have just been so surprised at at what the youth is bringing you know for for the last two or three years you know doug wilson had been selling us on this narrative that oh you know the young guys are ready you know we'll we'll let them play and of course you know Mm -hmm. had false starts with chekovich and and um sure and uh uh help me out thank you um and and you know there's still there's still hope for them there's still time on the runway oh yeah i'm not i'm not worried about like I mean, Chekovic they is is no longer around, but I think Chemilevsky, I still I thought he had a really good camp too. Um, I thought again there was a lot of guys that had a, that had really good camps, and I thought Chemilevsky was a guy who would um, definitely be in the next group of call ups. Um, he didn't get obviously brought up now. I wonder, I wonder what it'll take to get him to to see to let him see some action in San Jose. I don't know what kind of injuries we would have to face for for that to happen but he's a guy i think who also had a really good camp and i really would like to see another look at uh for for shemalevsky at the nhl level you're right and i think then we we start to ask you know well what is he right is he a top nine guy or is he a, a you know a second six guy you know what what is his is his ceiling and and if it is a top six guy then who's he gonna knock off? i don't know if he's a top six guy i think he i think he could be but i think he could anchor a, a Uh, a skilled third line skilled third line uh aj uh breaking sharks plan to keep telling vlasic and simic they've tested positive no matter the actual results (laughs) i like that idea (laughs) yeah and then you know ricky and ricky in the chat you know false start i'm still waiting for them to get blickfield a shot in the top nine yeah uh true there's another guy who i think um i'd like to see get a look in the top nine but again it's hard when you got guys like the way every the way the top nine is played or the top even the top six I, I would want Blickfield in the top six, I think. But I, I think with given the way the guys in the top six have played, I don't know where he would fit there. Yeah, I mean... I but he's say- another guy who I think, yeah, there's definitely something there. And I, he's just, he again, he needs the opportunity to show it. And and the guy you know that you that you circle is is a Nick Merkley and you know lo and behold Nick Merkley puts up an assist tonight you know and and he's got a yep. takeaway he's got two shots on goal and ten minutes of ice time so you know really the 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 yeah, guy steady play by Nick Merkley. Nick Merkley's game isn't going to blow you away but it's it's one of those guys where he is one of those players where you don't notice him and that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree, especially on that being in on that third line. So I guess we'll have to go now to a little bit of a sore spot, and this will kind of be the last thing we'll we'll touch on, and we'll we'll go through the uh, the everybody's favorite segment. Attendance again looked very very thin in that bottom bowl. Depressing. Depressing. Very- yeah, it's it sucks. I mean, I don't think I ever thought I would see the tank that empty. Like, 
it's, it's always been like even you know it was always just one of those it's always one of those barns that used to just be really loud and look at a lot of stuff has gone wrong i think in that respect for the sharks um you know this this team is coming off of being a really like an aggravating team to watch for the past probably two seasons they were really aggravating to watch especially last year like last year there's so many times i came on here just angry yeah that i spent you know because i could I, I mean money's important too but time there's nothing more valuable in this world than time yeah and there was times last year not to say time a hundred million times in the same sentence, but there was times last year where I felt like, Jesus, I just wasted my time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not only that, but I think it was frustrating the ways in which the team was losing because. No, absolutely. Right. So, I mean, when you, and look at a lot of things have happened. We, I don't need to list them all off. We all know what the world's been like for the last two years. Um, and like, so I, I get it, right? I get that people's disposable income probably wasn't what it was nine months ago, 12 months ago, or 18 months ago, right? So I understand that's a factor. I understand the team not being good and, and being aggravating to watch. But it's still, it doesn't make it any harder to, to see that many empty seats in the, in the, in the tank. Yeah, no, very disheartening and... And I hope that you know that they'll end the uh, they'll end this first ten game sprint, um, you know, at the beginning of the season uh, above five hundred. And I hope that this shows a lot of people that um, you know this this is a, a positive youth movement, and there are some really mm-hmm. good players to come and watch. I mean, hell, tonight's game I would pay to see a Ryan Merkley continue to play like that on the blue line. Um, I would pay. Look at I would I would pay money just to watch William Eklund. Exactly. That was the next guy I was going to was William Eklund. And even just just the way in which he plays makes it exciting to watch. Even if it's a mistake or or even if it's um you know he he, he kind of you know muffs it on a uh, you know in the corners or whatever, just the guy will make one, two, three subtle plays within one possession that ke- just just makes you go holy shit. The kid's got yeah. got some elite vision and some elite hands. I mean, like, you know, again, like the dude just makes me smile whenever he's on the ice. And I'm a cold hearted freaking robot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, to have him again, really bring the, you know, bring the skill and, and bring the, uh, you know, the type of of um, of play that. I mean, Joe Thornton and Patrick Marler were great players in their own right, but I don't think we have seen somebody with this kind of this ability with the stick and this type of vision in the same type of player. I don't know that we've ever seen that in, in San Jose. To be to yeah, be he's he's totally a special honest. player for sure. Like he's a special player, and I and I hope I like and I do hope that like as the season kind of goes and as long as the sharks can keep doing, you know, keep playing the way they are, I hope that more people want to go, but I understand, look at, I understand there's a lot of reasons that are keeping people away from the arena. Um, and it sucks. And, and, you know, and I see in the chat too, um, obviously, you know, like, uh, yeah, attendance is down, but I'm not trying, you know, like, I don't want to 
jumped. I don't think anyone should jump to any conclusions because attendance down, like the sharks have never been a relocation threat. The sharks have always been firmly safe in San Jose. Like I, that don't, you, you don't need to go there with this attendance. I don't think it's like, I wouldn't start panicking about stuff like that. This ownership, I mean, Hasso could buy, uh, you know, probably three quarters of the league, maybe the rest of the league. I don't know with, with out of his own pocket. So like, I'm not worried about the sharks moving or anything like that. I just think it's given everything that's gone, that's gone wrong. Um, I understand it, but I would like, you know, I'd, I'd love to see more people uh, go because I would give my left eye to go. Yeah. And, and something, you know, uh, if, if you haven't also shameless plug, um, I, I do a little thing over on the genuine draft. If you haven't checked it out already, uh, it's a bunch of Bay area sports, not just hockey. But one thing that I yes. brought up over there was that, um, you know, for the long, for the longest time, the Sharks had been the anchor tenant around that Deer Dawn um, portion of, of downtown San Jose. You know, they were the ones that that anchored that spot down, um, you know, really made San Pedro Square what it is. You know, it influenced a lot of the shopping and the and the eateries and everything that kind of popped up around there. And, and the Sharks were the, the draw. And, and hopefully, you know, with, with Google and with the influx of money that is going to be coming into downtown, um, you know, whether or not you, you like that, that's a discussion for, for another day. At least there will be an injection of money, and I'm hoping then the community can support the Sharks. You know, this can be now the community's time to pick up the slack and, and really, um, you know, provide some some stable income for the sharks right now and and uh, you know go out in, in mass to support the team and for sure and i think and look i mean you know it also needs to be said i mean there's there's a lot of competition for that sporting dollar and i don't think again people's disposable incomes probably aren't what they used to be um <laughs> also you know and, and madam in the chat saying you know surely attendance is down across the league it is it it, it absolutely is it's it's down everywhere um maybe not to this drastic of a like we're seeing in san jose but attendance is definitely down across the league yeah and i think you know there are there are some multiple you know there are some multiple issues going on here one the bay area has always been a very difficult market when you're not winning um i think because there is so much to do in the bay area that you know your entertainment dollar can go pretty far and so why would you be wanting to watch a team that's 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 hurting um, I think the other thing is there has been a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of a black eye with the organization with so far as the shenanigans that, that has gone on in the off season. Um, and then I think you also add in the COVID vaccination slash hesitation from, from some in the community to, to, to get back out there. And I think you've got a recipe for what we're seeing right now. And, yeah. you know, I, it, I think somewhere we were floating around i think it was a little over ten thousand tickets sold um and i have no idea what the scan amount would be but let's just say sub ten thousand and that's that's scary that's that's scary for the sharks that that's i've always perennially um you know had a a, a, at least a 75 percent crowd and now, you know, dipping to where it is, I'm I'm a little concerned. Uh, Dino Road Tracks, and then we got to do the reach round because we got to get out of here. Uh, if Vegas misses on Eichel, do you think they take a big swing at Hurdle if the Sharks are on the downturn? I mean, I would, yeah, I mean, if I think you would be stupid. I think if the Sharks don't get 
the deal done and and you're looking i think if you have the cap space or can somehow finagle it i mean how do you not make a call on tomas hurdle I, you know, I think he's he's one of those players that, um, you know, really connects with the fan base. And I think it would it would be a Pavelski 2.0 all over again to lose that type of a player. And I don't think that there's an appetite for that, especially with the amount of money that they, um, you know, gave to a to a player from an outside organization. I can't I, don't I can't imagine, though, like I, I just I cannot imagine like. I can't imagine the Sharks looking at the attendance, though, speaking of attendance, and, and being like, you know what will help attendance? <laughs> Trading hurdle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, like I had said, I think it's greater than a 50% chance that he, he resigns. Um, I think that that's just kind of my internal clock. Um, but again, I've always said that it was going to depend upon the way in which the team was going forward and, and just the outlook. And I think right now, from you know from the first nine games they're on a, on a positive positive uh um sh- uh, positive note so yeah going into there ian you're exactly right uh let's go to everybody's favorite segment why don't we have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around it is everybody's favorite time. That is the NHL reach around <laughs> where we go through the depths of the NHL and reach it around. So tonight, uh, pretty chalked full schedule for the NHL. Uh, yeah. First starting off with the Golden Knights and Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto spanking the Golden Knights for nothing. Uh, Marner with a goal. Matthews with uh, two goals and Nylander with the fourth goal. Uh, Jack Campbell put, pitching the shutout, and Golden Knights are sub 500. But again, I think Ian wants to see what they'll look like with the uh, the roster intact. I mean, they're missing. Oh, I mean, they're missing so many guys now, and now they added William Carlson to that list. Like, ouch! Tough sledding in Vegas right now. Uh, tough sledding. I mean, obviously, hey, look at I enjoy watching the Golden Knights lose as much as everyone else. I'm just not getting too far ahead of myself on the Golden Knights are dead party because I just think that might come back and, and bite us uh, in in the butt a little. Well, you know, and it, and it could be one of those situations in which they lose so much ground that they have to, um, you know. They exp- still play in the Pacific. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, well, going over to the next game, the Red Wings and the Canadians duke it out. The Red Wings uh, putting – Putting up a nice little show here from from Jake Allen pitching the shutout three nothing Suzuki Anderson and Gallagher with the goals uh, the Canadians starting to I I don't know pull themselves out of the tailspin a little but still not great on the season three and eight uh, but they are playing the Red Wings yeah yeah right exactly like you I, I think the Red Wings have had an okay start but this team is this team is still like in the early phases of its, of its rebuild, right? Like the Steve Eiserman's come over. He started to kind of tear things down a little bit. This team's still hunting for draft picks. Yep. Yep. Uh, then we go over to the coyotes who are still winless and they would play against the flyers tonight. Uh, unfortunately they would continue to be winless. <laughs> Three, nothing shutout. Carter Hart pitches the shutout for the flyers. Uh, all of a I sudden, got terrified when I saw that score because I thought Martin Jones was in net again. I'm like, <laughs> what is happening? Like, 
what is going on here. Uh, but no, it's starter hurt, so we're okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Couturier and and actually all of the goals coming in that third period, kind of kind of interesting. But uh, uh, you've got Couturier, uh, Lofton, and Giroux all scoring the goals uh, for that three nothing victory. Fires are now five two and one on the season. The Senators and Wild play a wild game uh, going into overtime. Four to five would be your final score. Talbot with the win, Gustafson with the loss. But again, uh, you've got Kaprizov finally finding the score sheet. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't, it wasn't, it's not going to take him that long to find it. So it's good to see him kind of break that, you know, break that cold snap. And I think the goals will start to pile in pretty quickly for him. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, I, I watched bits and pieces of it. Pretty fun game. Uh, another fun... for considering you wouldn't expect much from it. Yeah, and then another fun game. You got a another Canadian uh, team playing uh, Stars and Jets, and uh, the Stars uh, lose in a shootout, uh, four to three. Um, however, uh, yeah, just Dallas uh, climbed back into that one. They were they were looking uh, kind of dead halfway through that one, and they uh, and they came back. Uh, to force the shootout, unfortunately, they couldn't force it all the way. Mark Shifley with a, a really nice shootout goal. Yeah, uh, and uh, Ben Robertson and Sagan scoring for you uh, for Dallas, and then over on Winnipeg, it's Stasny, Morrissey, Dubois, and uh, do you, who was Dubois? The... Been unreal for Winnipeg. Yeah, talk about uh, you know what he reminds me of. He reminds me of a good. Um, Help me out here. I can see his face. Predators center, um, big guy. He liked Joe Thornton a long time. Came from Columbus. Ah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's not. But it looked like <laughs> help a, us out, chat. Yeah, help us out, chat. But uh, a better version of him <laughs> is is kind of what he reminds me of. Uh, then going over to another game north of the border, you got the Predators and the Flames. Uh, the Flames, uh, unfortunately, uh, put put an overtime loss up on the board. But they still get some points, and now they're six one and two. Um, however, you've got uh, uh, Cunning, Forsberg, and Duchesne with the overtime winner, and uh, over on the Calgary side, it's Kachuk and Kling, uh, Clinton with the uh, with the goals for the Flames. Um, yeah, um, again, Flames looking really good. Um, Nashville got this one out though. Nashville's Johansson. Kind of Thank team. you, Ryan Johansson. Yes, Ryan Johansson. Thank you. Okay, yeah, but uh, right, Joe. <laughs> the the flames. I mean, it, you know, it's they've kind of been interesting, and they're continuing to to rake points in. So we'll, yeah, we'll... I mean, another point for the flames who have been off to just an unreal start. Um, and again, like a a team that I really didn't expect anything of um, coming into the season. It's starting to wonder if I still think Vegas is going to climb back into this thing, but. I'm starting to wonder if one, two is going to be a, an Albertan combo. Be interesting. In the Har- harken back to the eighties for sure. Uh, Rangers and Canucks going at it. The, the Canucks pulling it out in overtime against the Rangers. Uh, you've got Zabinijad and Panarin scoring for your Rangers. And you've got JT Miller, uh, Pat Colson and uh, JT Miller with the overtime goal. So he had two goals. And uh, the Canucks are four, five, and one. Um, so- yeah, uh, they're they've been interesting. Um, the Rangers, 
probably can't be too happy going into this one. They had a two nothing lead going into the third and it all just kind of fell apart on them uh, at the end of the game. So I think they're going to be a little uh, cheesed off uh, with themselves, allowing Vancouver to climb all the way back into that in the final frame and then overtime. Uh, so Matty M asking, do we plan on doing an Olympic discussion podcast? I believe that the uh, that the folks over on the Pucknologist will be covering that. So, uh, you know, keep all ears out for. Uh, I will talk hockey. I will talk Olympics. Absolutely. I don't I don't know what the plan is. I, we haven't really sat down to discuss it. Um, I know last year I know last last year, last Olympics. That had the NHL in it. I feel like we went after every Team Canada and every Team USA game. So I don't know if that's something we would do again. Um, but, but it's we something that we have will to have, discuss. Yeah. And we will have Olympic coverage. I think that that will be for sure. Whether it comes from Pucknologists or whether that comes from uh, Puck Guy and myself, you know, chiming in on on uh, after darks, uh, after Olympics. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but we got one last game to cover. That's the Devils and the Ducks. Uh, Ducks surprising a little bit, uh, shutting out the Devils for nothing. You've got Getzloff with two, or no, with one goal. Terry with a goal. Uh, Terry with a second, and Lundstrom with uh, his second on the campaign. Josh Gibson pitching the shutout, and I, I mean, you know, the Ducks are four, four, and three, and they're kind of hanging around. Um, Another team that's getting a lot from its youngsters. Yeah. Yeah, I think Troy Terry's been unreal so far this year. Um, and yeah, another, you know, another team where I think, again, they're not, the Ducks are not a today team either, but they are accumulating pieces at a pretty decent rate that uh, I think they're they're well on their way. I don't think they're, I, I thought, you know, the Kings would be farther along than they've been so far, but um, the Ducks are going to be scary just not right now. Yeah, yeah, and and you know the, we're starting to see the trickles of of their good drafting. I mean, Trevor Zegers is going to be a stud, and then you're going to have a kid like Lundstrom. You're going to have uh, a Delurier. You've got um, you know a Troy Terry. So there there is a lot to like, um, you know, coming from from the Ducks uh, young kids, and and it's good to. Well, not good to see it, but it's interesting definitely to see how their young players yeah. are, are progressing. So that wraps it around. Of course, the uh, the Sharks win 5-3 to three against the Sabres tonight. Tomas Hurdle with the two goals, looking very good. Ryan Merkley with his first goal on the season. And uh, your Sharkies are now 6-3. and three. And uh, that does it for the end of the night tonight uh, on the reach around. So, Ian, I will uh, let you have the last word here and uh, where the people can find you. Um, pretty typical last word for me. When the Sharks do good, it's good. Uh, you can find me at Ian Bloggs Hockey on the Twitter machine. And again, um, feel free to, uh, again, the chat was on fire tonight. Um, but I also encourage you to like and hit the bell and all that stuff. But also leave us a comment uh, in the chat, even even if it's just to tell me that I am not AJ. That's fine. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> very we, meta. Very meta. Go back and look at the chats from before. <laughs> but uh, check just, you know, because comments like leaving comments and stuff like that helps us uh, with the algorithm and helps us get our videos to be more visible so that more people can uh, discover and, you know, uh, hopefully join the party and 
join into the awesome uh, awesome chat that we had like tonight. We've had we've had great chats on other shows too, um, but it was really it was really fun to uh, watch tonight. Yeah, very good, and um, you know everybody keeping it very civil in the chat and very good back and forth. So really, yeah, very appreciative of of everybody tonight. Um, and of course, if you haven't also um, comment on iTunes, comment on the Google Play Store. Yeah, but leave us a five star review. Yeah, you know, all of those really helps out the show. And I mean, you know, your your tax dollars at work. Just take a look at the background here, kind of stepping it up from the from the laundry. And and of course, that's that's from everybody's help here. And and just again, the feedback has been great. You know, we've we've eclipsed that twenty five hundred mark, and uh, you know, we want to continue to keep going and uh, and grow this thing. So. Uh, you can find me at Eric Landy using my first name, E-R-I-K, Landy, L-A-N-D-I, on all the social media garbage. And uh, as far as my last uh, last thoughts here, um, you know, the team is continuing to get some really good uh, contributions from the young kids. And they're also having some really good contributions from the veterans we needed to see bounce back. And uh, let's just keep continue the good mojo. And, and like you had said, Ian, there's only been a, a couple of periods of Sharks hockey where you've just been flat out disgusted. But other than that, the team has has brought it. The effort level is good. You can see that there are some mental mistakes here and there. Of course, they're a young team, but yep. they're improving. And and I think again tonight, and as it was in the Winnipeg game, each of the wins that I'm seeing, I'm seeing a team that gets stronger through the game. Tonight they were on their heels all the way through that third period, um, you know, putting it on display against against Buffalo, and and they need to continue to do that. They need to continue to play on their toes, and uh, you know, continue to play this fast paced game. So. In case you missed it, catch Teal Town USA everywhere. You can check us out, like I said, on the Apple iTunes podcast store. You've got the Google Play store. You've got the YouTube replays, of course. SoundCloud, which is where we actually disseminate into everything. Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio are also platforms that we are on. And then, of course, we've got the great news, editorials, articles, you know, everything over on the mothership that is tealtownusa.com. And uh, we we really appreciate everybody coming out tonight uh, and uh, supporting the Sharks in their own little way. And uh, like I had said before, we've got uh, we've got you covered on all of the post games and we will see you after the game on November 4th against the St. Louis Blues. So keep it real, keep it teal, and keep it real teal. Thank you, everybody, and have a great night. (laughs) 